tonight, 1 Peter chapter number 1, and we'll begin reading again in verse number 3, uh, 1 Peter chapter number 1, and we'll read again tonight in verse number 3, and uh, sure thank you for being here. If you enjoyed the preaching, say amen. amen. The Word of God says in 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 3, uh, the Bible said, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time wherein you greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ whom having not seen ye love in whom though now ye see not yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory receiving the end of your faith even the salvation of your souls if God will help me for a little while uh, again tonight, I'm going to go back and I want to preach on this thought. There's a will within your will. There's a W-H-E-E-L will. A will something that turns within your W-I-L-L will. Would you please pray with me tonight? And please pray for me. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you, uh, God, for the opportunity to be, uh, Lord, gathered with the saints of God one more time. Lord, thank you for the good preaching, Lord, that's already been, uh, Lord, heard tonight. Thank you. God, for the Spirit, Lord of God, that, Lord, dwells in this place week after week and service after service and sermon after sermon. I pray tonight, God, that you'd help me for a little while. I pray, Lord, for that unction and power that only you can give. And, God, if you don't do the preaching tonight, Lord, there'll be no preaching get done. And so, Lord, I'm asking you tonight, God, to touch my to mind and touch my, my message, Lord, touch Touch my voice and God touch my lines. Help the Lord. God be able to say and do exactly what you'd have me say and do. God to preach in the power and the option of the Holy Ghost of God. And for what you do in me, through me, for me, and these people in this place will carefully thank you and praise you. We ask and pray together now in Jesus' name and for his sake. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Uh, quickly again, briefly this, uh, this evening, uh, by way of introduction, just for those uh, who may not have been here, I want to say it is in our text, the Bible uh, allows us to look into the writings uh, of the Apostle Peter. And Peter has began writing this uh, salutation uh, to those who were strangers that had been scattered abroad. Uh, the Bible lets us know in the first two verses that Peter has begun to salute them uh, uh, for them believing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, may I say it 
was the gospel that led them that my friend to being born again redeemed unto a lively hope my friend what great salvation and regeneration they have and me and you have tonight through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ can I say tonight it is here within our text that Peter begins to walk them hand by hand down memory lane he begins to remind them of what great things God had done for them may I say tonight we can rejoice and shout until the trumpet sounds or we're laid in a hole somewhere in a graveyard over the things that God has blessed you and I with but may I say we ought not just praise him based upon the things my friend they're a blessing but more than that we ought to praise God on one condition and that condition is that we've been set free from the bondage of sin my friend we've been pardoned my friend we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus if God never done nothing but save you and I my friend we ought to praise him with every breath in our body my friend there ought to be and I know there is a will within your will there's something that stirs you there's something that moves you on the inside we know what a will does don't we it moves it motivates a wheel, when a wheel is turning, it will take you from one place to another. Somebody help me tonight. A wheel, my friend, will pick you up and will carry you from one destination, my friend, to another. My friend, the old timers used to call it this. They used to say it like this, boy. We got sure did getting the glory last night. In other words, you know what they were saying? There was a wheel that began turning in their will. They came in maybe shallow on the surface about halfway through a Sunday or Wednesday night service my friend the waters got deep my friend they were no longer in the same place that they were in to the world. You can come in set for two hours and stay in one place but I, I gotta have somebody here with me tonight that'll, that'll agree and say amen uh, that sometimes I've came in here in one uh, frame of mind maybe in one place uh, in my spirit and in my thoughts uh, in my feelings and my emotions uh, uh, but my friend once the wheel started turning uh, my friend God's carrying me uh, from my troubles and trials uh, and he's placed me and taken me uh, to a place of refuge uh, where the glory of God is seen, heard, and felt in my soul. There is a will, W-H-E-E-L, within your W-I-L-L. Your will has a will. And so, so Peter is preaching. He's uh, dealing with this crowd about uh, praising God. And I told you this morning what God put in my heart. We're going to leave here, and I think it's a good thing to do. Psalmist David said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. All oh, that's within me. Bless His holy name. And this morning we came in for a little while and that's exactly what we did. We praised the Lord. 
We ought to praise Him tonight. Peter makes seven mentions of praise within two verses. Verse number uh, six, uh, three verses, six, seven, and eight. In verse number six, he said, greatly rejoice. In verse seven, he said, praise, honor, glory. Verse number eight, he said, rejoice. He said, joy, unspeakable. And he said, full of glory. Uh, may I say what Peter is saying is that something should have changed uh, on the inside of these scattered strangers. Uh, uh, my friend, when the Lord Jesus came by, and rescued the perishing and cared for the dying. Uh, my friend, Brother Shelby's got up and uh, backed up everything I've said, what I'm going to say. Uh, my friend, if the Lord Jesus uh, and the simple mention of His name uh, uh, does not stir something in you, uh, uh, my friend, there's a problem somewhere uh, or another. I know who I was uh, and who I would have been uh, had it not been for Jesus. Uh, can I say in the midnight hour uh, when the pastor can't help you uh, and the deacon can't help you and your husband can't help you and your wife can't help you and the church can't help you there's a name that's above every name uh, uh, my friend that you can call on uh, I just want to clear off a spot and said ain't no situation ever changed uh, under the name Buddha ain't no troubles ever fled uh, under the name Mohammed. Ain't no issues ever been worked out under the name Confucius. But my friend, if a devil's ever crawled out of hell, when they hear the name Jesus, the Bible said even the devils believe and the devils tremble. I'm trying to tell you tonight, my friend, there's a will within your will. It's just a matter of what's got the capability of turning that way. I uh, give a few examples this morning of people that say, well, preacher, you know, that's just not my personality. It's not who I am. I don't shout. Yes, you do shout. Amen. Amen. You might as well help me. Amen. It's just according to certain things that you are willing to shout about. You do shout. I just don't know about getting up and raising my hand just having me a fit. Well, I beg the differ. Come on, somebody. I, I mean, I, I beg the differ. I, I firmly believe with all my heart inside of the will of every man, inside of the W-I-L-L -L, will of every man's a W-H-E-E-L will, there is a churning and a turning uh, and a yearning deep down on the inside uh, of every man, woman, boy, and girl. Uh, uh, my friend, it's a shame uh, uh, when Hollywood stirs you more than holiness. Uh, it's a shame more uh, uh, when filth moves you more than faith. Uh, uh, my friend, it's a shame uh, when the cares of this world uh, uh, begin to turn in your wheel uh, uh, over the things of God. Uh, uh, my friend, I'm here today tonight. Uh, uh, my friend, this manipulation uh, that's crept in our churches, uh, uh, that's not just who I, it's not who I am. Uh, it's a lie that you're telling yourself and you believe it. You know I'm telling it, right? There ain't not one person in here ever got excited and let out a big whoop, big shout over something. Ain't nobody in here ain't never stood up and made a fool of themselves. 
It might have been in front of 65,000 people at Rupp Arena, or it might have been in the woods, just you and God and a dead deer. Help me right there. Yeah. I'm going to be the first to tell you, I get excited about things I like. I promise you and I, when, when, when old brother Josh lands a big large mouth or big small mouth bass, I act like a fool. When I put down that deer I've been chasing, my friend, I, I act like a fool. When I bust that turkey in the head, which I'm fixing to start doing plenty of it, my friend, I act like a fool. It's because it moves me. I enjoy those things. I desire to do those things. My friend, when Elijah gets a little bit older, well, let's just say he's playing football and uh, he runs that ball in for the uh, the winning touchdown of the game. Boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna hoorah and cheer on my son uh, uh, because I'm proud of him. It means something to me. I love him. Are you following me, uh, my friend? There is a wheel on the inside of every single one of our wheels. It's just a matter of what turns it. I strongly believe, without apology. If you're really saved by the blood of Jesus, not, not just talking about the W-H-E-E-L wheel, but I believe you'll get a new W-I-L-L wheel. Your desires ought to have changed when you got saved. There ought to be a turning deep down in your soul. My friend, y'all remember what it was like? Uh, some of y'all, when you first got saved, boy, there was a turning, a stirring, a moving. Uh, my friend, in your heart, you had to you had to tell everybody where you was going to church. And you had to tell everybody what Jesus had done for you. You had to tell everybody what your favorite song was uh, on the Christian radio. You had to tell everybody what God had been speaking to you about in His Word. Uh, in your daily devotions, I mean, you was witnessing and working and enjoying and worshiping. What's happened? I'm going to tell you what's happened. My friend, once you realize that you're saved and God's on His throne and everything's well in His world and you start living according to your flesh, my friend, your will never stops turning. It just stops turning for the right thing and begins to turn over the over the irrational things, over, over the temporal things, over the, the, the things that literally mean the least uh, and the Lord Jesus is still sitting on his throne and we're still the apple of his eye and he's wondering why your will has stopped turning within your will. I'm here to tell you tonight according to our text there's some things that ought to turn, churn and yearn inside of you. You begin to look at them within the word of God the things that God has to say. And I say as a child of God, you ought to be different than you was before you got saved. Amen. I talked about this this morning, but the Bible still says in Matthew, uh, I didn't read these, Matthew 6, verse 19 and 20, the Bible says, Lay not up for yourselves uh, treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Uh, but, but it says, But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt uh, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Uh, uh, the Bible said in Romans 6.13, Neither yield uh, uh, ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness 
righteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. My friend, the Bible said in Romans 6, 16, Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves, that servants to obey His servants, ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. My friend, the reason some of y'all have never experienced the will within your will in the house of God is because you've never turned your will over to God. But for those of us who've let our will, His will be our will, ain't it good to know what it's like to have a will within your will? Ain't it good to know, ain't it good to feel that move and that stirring, that want, desire within us? There is a will within your will. So Lord, help me for a little while tonight and trying my best. I want to preach that thought. There is a will within your will. There's a will within your will. Now I'm going to show you some things that ought to make that will begin to turn in every. Listen to me. I didn't say some. I didn't say the leaders. I didn't say the pastor, the preachers, the deacon. There's, there's some things that ought to turn each and every one of our wills if we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. So first of all, if I could tonight, I want to say there's a will within your will when you take a look at, number one, His riches. At number one, when you begin to look at the, the riches of the Lord, there's a will that starts turning, my friend, within my will. The Bible said in verse number three, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath been gotten us again uh, under a lively hope. May I say uh, I'm glad the Lord just don't have some uh, mercy. I'm glad He just don't have uh, 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 a certain amount uh, my friend of mercy. Uh, But the Bible said that He's abundant in mercy. May I say there's a will within my will that when I begin to take a look at all His riches uh, and all He offers me uh, and what little I could ever offer to him uh, that the Bible still says uh, in Ephesians chapter number 2 but God who is rich uh, in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us uh, and uh, uh, even when we were dead in sins uh, hath quickened us together with Christ uh, by grace are you saved Uh, uh, may I say tonight there's a will uh, uh, that begins to turn in my will uh, when I begin to think about his riches uh, uh, compared to who I am and what I have, uh, uh, my friend, he owns it all tonight. Uh, is anybody going to help me tonight? Uh, uh, my friend, he's abundantly rich. He's got things uh, he can do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ever ask of him. He's rich tonight. There's a will within my will when I begin to think about his riches. May I ask something? May I ask something? Why is it that we can come in and look and act and sing and sit in a pew like we have earned something? When the only reason you're sitting here is because of the mercy and the grace of God. 
Man, we act like God owes us something. People go to church, they sit there all their life, and that with that attitude, like I said this morning, bless me if you can, preacher. Bless me if you can, choir. I mean, you ain't got no joy, no smile. What in the world's wrong with you? My friend, you think God owes you something? Because I'm here to remind each and every one of you, if you got what you deserved, you die a poor beggar, a poor sinner. You die in the filth of your own righteousness. My friend, the Bible still says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. My friend, we're dogs at best. My friend, if we got what we deserved, somebody help me right here. We burn in an everlasting hell. But thank God forever sin he had more riches and forever sinner he had more riches and forever mistake there was more mercy and forever fault there was more forgiveness and forever sin there was more grace I'm telling you and I begin to think that God's interested enough in me to offer to share his wonderful riches it makes the wheel start turning in my way wheel will begin to turn when you take a look at his riches number two the wheel within your wheel will uh, you'll realize there's a wheel within your wheel when you take a look at number two his redemption and his resurrection look with me in verse three I sure wish I could preach this the way God preached it to me but I'm struggling verse number three the Bible said blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy, there's His riches. Look here. Hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. May I say there's a will within your will that when you take a look at His redemption and His resurrection. That my friend, if you'll ever, I preached it just the other day, uh, if you'll ever get real good and lost, you'll get real good and saved. That my friend, the reason that the redeeming blood of the Lord Jesus don't turn the wheel inside the wheel of many people it's because they know of it hear me now and they know about it but they don't know it my friend you can know about redemption and not be redeemed you can know of Jesus and not know Jesus but my friend when the crimson blood of Calvary that really does cover your sin and it washes away all your guilt and it washes away your transgression and your iniquity and you know what it is to live in the freedom and the liberty of salvation through and by an old wooden cross 2,000 years ago that redemption and the resurrection will make the will within your will begin to turn we're fixing to celebrate Easter tell y'all something. I'm going to say it about 800 times on Easter Sunday. The resurrection's not just an event. The resurrection's a person. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
Are you with me this evening? My friend, don't we rejoice about our loved ones that's over yonder in glory? And don't we rejoice? The Bible said that one of these days that the, uh, the trump of God will sound, the voice of the archangel, and the dead in Christ will rise first. You know what that is? That's a resurrection. My friend, by the way, whether you believe it or not, there's a bodily resurrection that's going to take place one of these days where the saints of God and their old corrupt, defiled, fleshly, sin nature body will rise again and it'll live again. God will resurrect it from the grave and then God will take those old bodies and He'll make a glorified body out of it. My friend, I don't know about y'all, but I've got some dear friends and loved ones that their old body has six feet under in a vault somewhere. But my friend, thank God that ain't the end of the story. For the saint of God, when I stand over that grave, I know it's not the end. It's just the beginning. It's just the seed that's been planted that it will spring up. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. That makes that wheel start turning within my will. I get a desire to want to do something. I get a yearning. That word yearning. How many of y'all know what yearning means? Simply means longing. If you have a yearning for the things of God, you have a longing for the things of God. How many of y'all know what a churning is? Some of y'all washed your mammals. Churn butter. That's to stir something up. <laughs> you know what a wheel does? It churns. Oh yes. There's a wheel within my wheel. There's a churning. It's stirring me up. There's a yearning. There's a longing. And the wheel goes to turning. My friend, that's where you go. Other places you've never been before. I'm glad the Bible still says that Christ has made us sit together in heavenly places. You want to know where we were sitting this morning? It was much deeper than the four walls of a church house. We were sitting in the very presence of a thrice holy God that he did not have to come by. And if he never showed up again, he'd still be God. But it's a big deal when you can sit and feel the presence of Almighty God. It ought to make your wheels start turning within your wheel. His redemption. It's good to be saved. It's good to be free. It's good to be blood bought. Amen. Amen. It's good to be a child of the king. Amen. You're a peculiar people. Right. A royal priesthood. Are you with me? Yeah. His redemption. His resurrection. Thirdly, there's a will within your will when you take a look at his reservation. His reservation. Look at verse 4. What ought to turn that wheel, W-H-E-E-L, within your W-I-L-L? The reservation that he's made. Verse 4 said, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away. Look here. Reserved in heaven for who? Yeah. 
Some of y'all seem just so disappointed by that. How many of y'all just got a bank just loaded full plumb full of money? Millions. How many of y'all's got a house so big you can't clean it so you pay four or five maids to come in? How many of y'all's got enough money you don't have to worry about cooking supper? You, you got a professional, personal chef that does all that for you. How many of y'all's just completely and totally 100% debt free? Anybody here have luxury home, luxury car, vacation house, and insurance, and I mean everything you could ever want. How many of you ladies just got drawers upon drawers upon drawers of 100% pure gold and silver and precious stones? And this money's not an option. It ain't no worry for you. Anybody? You mean out of all these people in this room, not one of y'all? Has all that? You with me? Are y'all following? You know what we everyone are? Even the ones that we would look at and say they got a little money. You're still poor. You look at this thing through the scope of eternity, you ain't got nothing. That's right. No, we are. We're just poor old bunch of peasants. Just wondering where the next crime's gonna come from. Without God, ain't none of us had nothing. Exactly right. That's right. You don't know what turns my wheel. Within my wheel, I've got some needs. I'm talking about wants. I mean, I've got some needs. Fixing to welcome a little baby girl into this world any, any day now. I need a place for her to sleep. She needs her own bed. She needs her own space. It ain't gonna be a big deal in these first few newborn days, but eventually it's gonna cause some issues. Need a home. Better than what I got. You want a better home? I didn't say that. So I need one. Well, I guess y'all don't think I do, but I do. Really, it don't matter if you think I do or not, I do, so I need that. Yes, But I may never get it. I may never get it. We may be having to throw bunk beds in a bedroom stay right where we are until the Lord comes by and does something or takes us on out. I don't know. But here's what I know. I may never have a home. I may never see what a debt-free life looks like down here. I may never have money in the bank and jewelry and stones and all these luxury 
things that people are desiring. I may never, I may never have a place where I can go and get away and it's paid for and relax. I, I may never be able to give my children everything they always want. I might not be. I hope. I plan to. But I might not be able to afford to get three children a vehicle when they're old enough to get their driver's license. I may not be able to pay their way through some, some, some occupation at a college they want to go to. I may never be able to afford at the best of the best when it comes to insurance policies and my kids may not be able to wear all the name brand clothes I don't know what tomorrow holds fact is I could be a billionaire today and broke tomorrow but my friend there's a wheel that turns within my wheel when I begin to think just over yonder that my friend there's an inheritance that's incorruptible. It's undefiled. It fadeth not away. I'm a millionaire. I know you can't see it, but I'm a child of the king tonight. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. I've got more riches than you can shake a stick at. You do realize that inheritance, God said when you got saved, you became an heir to God and a joint heir with Jesus. Excuse me. You know what a joint heir is, don't you? That means everything that's left, they share. It's as much one as it is the other. Come on, somebody. If my mom and daddy left everything they got, which ain't a whole lot, but if they left everything they got uh, uh, to me and my sister and we were joint heirs uh, of that inheritance, that means uh, every dime's as much mine as it is hers. Uh, all the property's as much mine as it is hers. It's equally 100% shared. Uh, I mean, I've got as much right to it as she does and vice versa. But my friend, if you'll ever... I get that in your heart, your soul, and your mind that everything God has left and given out of love to His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus, is as much yours as it is His. It'll make the will start turning within your will. I may never have much of nothing down here, but I'm more than a millionaire. There's an inheritance incorruptible. How many of y'all is thankful you're going to heaven? This reservation's been made. You know what a reservation is, don't you? It's when you call and you attach your name to something. You've claimed it before you get there. Are you with me? I mean, after service this morning, I thought y'all at least come in and grunt tonight. You as dead as a, as a dried up grapefruit. Tell me all some dead nights are blowing. They have been for a little while. You can think about a reservation. You call ahead of time. You save your spot at the table. Ain't nobody can get that spot. It's been reserved. It's yours. Unless you go to Japanese Steakhouse in London. And then they give it away. But this is eternal. Because people lie. Amen. But this is eternal. Amen. I got to think about heaven. I can't preach. I don't, I'm out of wind already. I don't know where my breath went to. <clears throat> I'm good for about one service on Sunday anymore. 
But I'm going to give them to you anyhow. I'm trying to preach. Y'all ain't help me no how, so I'll just calm down before I kill myself. I got thinking about not just what's in heaven, but what's not in heaven. I mean, this is our inheritance. We ought, listen, you do realize the only thing between you and inheritance is a time, allotted amount of time. This is as good as done, Brother Shelby. I mean, all you've got right now is a little old trailer up in Jellicoe Creek. But this, all this is as good as done. Just a few more weary days. I got to thinking. I made a list. I went through the whole alphabet. Which took some time and effort. But there's some things in heaven. Number one, that are not in heaven. May I say in heaven there's no more adversary. In heaven, there's no more agony. And in heaven, there's no more anguish. In heaven, there's no more battles. Maybe by the time I get through this, some of y'all get spiritual and your will will start turning within your will. In heaven, there's no more battles. In heaven, there's no more broken hearts. In heaven, there's no more broken homes. In heaven, there's no more cancer. In heaven, there's no more controversy. And in heaven, there's no more corruption. In heaven, there's no more death. In heaven, there's no more disease. In heaven, there's no more devil. In heaven, there's no more evil. Evil. In heaven there's no more envy. And in heaven there's no more enemies. In heaven there's no more falling. Thank God. In heaven there's no more failing. And in heaven there's no more fighting. In heaven there's no more guilt. In heaven there's no more guile. And thank God in heaven there's no more grudges. In heaven there's no more hate. In heaven there's no more hindrances. And in heaven there's no more heartaches. In heaven there's no more indignation. In heaven there's no more inabilities. And in heaven there's no more inaccuracies. In heaven there's no more jealousy. In heaven there's no more joylessness. In heaven there's no more judgment. In heaven there's no more knockdowns. In heaven there's no more knockouts. And in heaven there's no longer a lack of knowledge. In heaven there's no more lying. In heaven there's no more Lucifer. And in heaven there's no more letdowns. In heaven, there's no more mistakes. In heaven, there's no more murmuring. And in heaven, there's no more malfunctions. In heaven, there's no more nervous breakdowns. In heaven, there's no more negativity. And in heaven, there's no more need. In heaven, there's no more opposition. And in heaven, there's no more offense. And in heaven, there's no more obstacles. In heaven, there's no more problems. In heaven, there's no more perversion. And in heaven, there's no more pain in heaven there's no more questions in heaven there's no more quarreling and thank God in heaven there's no more quarantine amen goes right there in heaven there's no more rebellion in heaven there's no more restriction and in heaven there's no more remorse in heaven there's no more sin and in heaven there's no more Satan and in heaven there's no more sickness in heaven there's no more trials in heaven there's no more trouble and in heaven there's no more tribulation in heaven there's no more uproar in heaven there's no more uncleanliness and in heaven there's no more uneasiness in heaven there's no more vanity in heaven there's no more valleys and in heaven there'll never be another void 
In heaven, there's no more warfare. In heaven, there's no more weariness. And in heaven, there's no more weight to bear. In heaven, there's no more. Right here's your ex, all right? EX. There's no more exhaustion. Amen. In heaven, there's no more bad experiences. And in heaven, there's no more expectations. You ain't all your expectations will be met. In heaven, there's no more yesterday. In heaven, there's no more yoke to bear. And in heaven, there's no more youthful lust. Here's your Z, all right? I got one. In heaven, there's no lack of zeal. And in heaven, there's no more spirit of Jezebel. And in heaven, there's no more paralyzed. That's a Z too. Amen. I'm trying to tell you that in heaven, it's an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved for me and you. What a beautiful thing heaven must be. That ought to make your will turn. That ought to make your will turn. There's a will within your will when you take a look at his reservation. But there's a will within your will when you take a look at his reward. Look at verse 5. Talking to those strangers, he said, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Can I say this? In that last time, we will be ready to be revealed only because we are His reward. Isn't it amazing that He was willing to pay the price because we were the prize? Amen. If that don't make your wheel start turning, something's wrong. We don't even think highly of one another. I mean, come on, somebody. You can act like you do, but you got a, you got a handful you think it's worth something. And the rest of them don't mean a whole lot to you. Come on, somebody. I mean, how many people you looked at and said, I wouldn't pee on them face burning? Come on. You might as well say amen. I wouldn't help being face the last person on earth. I mean, I wouldn't do a thing where it ain't no good, no good for nothing, rotten bunch of. Are you with me? But Jesus looked down out of heaven. And in his foreknowledge, we believe predestination is not into salvation, it's to be conformed to his image. But in his foreknowledge, he did know who would choose him and who would not. We understand that. But he did not predestinate anybody to go to hell. We're not Calvinistic at all. I'm not a half pointer, a one pointer, three pointer, five pointer. I'm a zero point Calvinist. He died for the whole world. Red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in his sight. Jesus loved the little children of the world. But I can tell you one thing. He looked down. He looked up and said, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? The Bible said he could have called all those angels down. What kept him on the cross? Two things. Two things. Are you ready? He wanted to please his Father. He wanted to please his Father. And the second thing he had on his mind was the prize. What prize? You're looking at it. Amen. I was on his mind. I don't look like much, but I'm his prize. That's right. Amen. Are you with me? He's my reward, but get this. This ought to make your will turn within your will. We're his reward. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, he paid the price because we were the prize. He sowed on Calvary's hill, but he'll reap on a cloud. May I say what he sowed on Calvary? He'll reap on a cloud. He sowed his life for mine, and he'll reap my life on a cloud one day. We're all gathered, the bride sitting on a cloud, Calvary. He'll reap what he's sown at Calvary when he's on a cloud. Amen. Paul said in Philippians 3.14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He's our prize, but we're his. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. That ought to turn you will. Right. Yes. Can I say this? When I begin to think about a marriage, you know what the prize of marriage is to the groom? The bride. Yeah. You know what the prize of the bride is in marriage? Have you ever thought like that? Because I'll just be honest with you, I just never sat down and thought about it like this. When a bride comes out to that wedding march, her prize ain't her new in-laws. Her prize ain't her new brother, brother-in-law or sister-in-law. Her prize ain't even nothing to do with any of that. You know what the prize of a wedding or marriage is to the bride? It's the groom. And the prize of the groom at a wedding and a marriage is the bride. Yeah. We're sitting down here like this morning weeping and crying over the goodness of God. This don't make your will turn within your will something's wrong. Isn't it an amazing thought when you think that we have no idea what longing really is. He's longing way more for us Amen. than we've ever longed for Amen. him. Amen. See, because we cost him something. Right. We cost him everything. Right. I'd say it greatly offends the groom when you and I can't do our part just to simply obey and submit to the will and the word of the Father. My friend, it, it probably causes great harm and hurt, uh, but what a great God we're serving. Uh, my friend, that He would forgive all those sins uh, and He'd wash them away and remember them no more. Uh, uh, my friend, when I begin to think about His reward, uh, which is me, the will starts turning within my will. Fifth of all, there's a will within your will when you take a look at his reasons. Look at verse 6. I'm not going to really be able to preach these again. Verse 6, the Bible said, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season. Anybody know anything about seasons? Though now for a season, the next three words is what makes the verse. If need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Listen to me, Stillwater Baptist Church. God knows what you need more than you do. Some of y'all is going to have to deal with very heartbreaking things. God's seen a need for that in your life. How many of y'all already been through some manifold temptations? And you can look back and see the hand of God now. You can see the hand of God in all of it. You can see that God had a need. He had to show you something and there wasn't no, no getting it through to you unless you went through that. 
Can I say this evening that my will begins to turn and yearn and uh, my friend uh, uh, within me when I begin to think and take a look at his reasons uh, I'm still glad the Bible says that his ways are not our ways but they're higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and I can't always explain a situation to somebody when they're sitting across the table from me and big tears are streaming down out of their eyes uh, preacher why why am I going through this? I can't always uh, give some kind of an answer, but I can always tell them this. Uh, my friend, you may not always understand what God is doing, but you can always trust what God is doing. You may not always understand God, but you can always trust Him. There's a will within my will. And I begin to think about and look at His reasons. I was just talking about this the other day. We was fishing. One of the hardest things I ever went through in my life was the separation of many people, but mainly my, uh, my pastor growing up. The separation that was caused and created there. And uh, there was more than just one, one side that had faults. I had, I had several faults in that. I'd done, done things and said things that I, I had faults in it. But now I'm on this side of it. And at the time, I was so confused and heartbroken and troubled. I mean, my whole life was centered around this man of God. And he's still a man of God. And he's still a wonderful preacher and Bible teacher. And I would not be where I am today without him. And I've never neglected that. But I'm going to say something. Had that not taken place in my life, I would not be standing here today. I couldn't see that then. I didn't know what God was doing. I just trusted it. You're not always going to be able to figure out everything God's doing. Quit trying to. Quit trying to figure the things out and figure God in. You're not always going to understand what God's doing, but you can always trust what God is doing when I begin to think about his reasons in verse 6 he said if need be the wheel within my wheel begins to turn I'm almost done I, the wheel within a wheel begins to turn when I take a look at his refinery refinery is simply this it's a place for refining or purifying metals the Bible said in verse number 7 the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perish doth be it be tried with fire might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ may I say tonight most people quote this wrong they say that your faith is more precious than gold but that's not what the Bible said the Bible said that the trial of your faith is more precious than gold. Some of y'all have heard me say this. I preached several weeks on the subject of faith but faith is like that old camera film. Y'all remember those old cameras? You'd take a picture and it had the film and it would the picture would shoot out of it or the film would be in a little roll and the best, the only way that you could ever get that film or that picture to develop is to keep it in the dark. It would not show the beauty or the picture. My friend if it was exposed to light it had to remain in darkness for it to develop that's the same way your faith is your faith don't develop when everything's going good you want to know how your faith will get stronger when you go through the fire when you can look back and 
say, Lo, <laughs> he didn't get us out, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, we don't know if he's coming to get us or not. Whether it does, whether it don't, we're going in the fire. May I say, the refinery, you know what it does? It purifies your faith. It burns the impurities out of your life. God will let your faith go on trial from time to time to purify that faith. To burn out the things that will bring you home to you. You know the only thing that got burned in that fire of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? The ropes that had them bound. There's some things God will allow the fiery trials to come and your faith to be put to test because there's some things uh, that's got you bound down. Listen, I've seen it be family. I've seen it be family that had people bound. I've seen it be tradition. I've seen it be hobbies. I've seen it be all kinds of things uh, that God will put people through the fire to burn the impurities and the imperfections out of their lives. The refinery. You don't know why the wheel turns within my wheel? Because I see those times I thought God was trying to kill me. He wasn't trying to kill me. He was making me better. There's some things I've been through, and I, I honest to God thank the whole reason God's allowed me to go through some of the things I've been through is to help others who are going through some of those same things. At the time, I sure didn't understand it. But I can tell you something, God's all always used it for his good Amen. the Bible still says that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are the called according to his purpose may I say your faith is only precious when it's been placed under pressure God's refinery is what makes the fire pot praiseworthy only God can bring forth fruit from a fire Think about that. Only God can bring forth fruit from a fire. Do me a favor. Go home and get you a box of matches and some gasoline and go to every tree you got in your yard and just burn that thing down. See how much fruit it bears this summer. They ain't going to do it. They'll kill it. They'll kill it. But when God puts you through the fire, it's not to kill you. Only God can take a fire and bring forth fruit. Can I say this in verse number eight? I'm, I'm about done. There's a wheel within your wheel and you take a look at his realness. In verse number eight, the Bible said, whom having not seen ye love. How many of y'all can bear witness with that? I've never seen him, but I love him. In whom though now you see him not yet believing. That's us. Jesus told Thomas, Thomas, all right, I'm Lord now. Okay, I got it. Earlier you said if you didn't put your fingers in the wounds that I wasn't, you know. But, but now that you see me, I'm Lord. And this is what he said. Blessed are they which have not seen yet believe. Guess who he's talking to? You and me. I've never seen him, but I believe. You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
I say there's a will within my will when I look at his realness. May I say this morning, I've never seen him or this evening, but I've seen him. I've never heard his voice, but I've heard his voice. I've never felt his touch, but my, how I felt his touch. I've never laid at his feet, but I've sure laid at his feet. May I say his realness is one of the biggest reasons that there's a will turning within my will. The songwriter said it best. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. May I say I've yet to behold him, but I've beheld him. His realness brings forth rejoicing. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Ain't nothing like the Lord Jesus showing up in the midnight hour. Can you imagine what Paul and Silas must have felt like? I can tell you something. I've been sitting at the hospital with my head between my hands thinking what in God's name is going to happen next and he show up his realness you know what we experienced this morning the realness the realness how can you believe in somebody you've never seen I've seen him oh no I've not seen his physical face but I've seen him when did you see him well it's been about seven years ago now. I watched the family walk in with hell hanging off of them. Something changed them. What was that? The realness. Something's kept them. Some of y'all's trying to get out and you can't. I always bring you back. What's that? It's called realness. It's like a theory. No, sir. No. Hello? This ain't some something we've thought up in our imagination. This is not a fairy tale. There's a real God. There's a real price paid on a real cross in a real place, really, 2,000 years ago. You can fly over there right now and they'll take you to a hill called Golgotha and they'll take you to a tomb where they laid a man most said was just a great prophet in that tomb. But three days later, he wasn't there. He had died resurrected and was seen among men. And he left this old world. He said, I'm coming back. And he said, if I go away, I will come again. Then He's real. He's real. You realize in the history books, in the nation of Israel, there's a man by the name of Jesus who claimed to be the Son of God. That Bible's all I need, but if you need a little something to back it up, you can go get a history book. And they said he would walk up to to lame men and they would walk and he would touch the eyes of blind men and they could see and he would walk to the dumb and the deaf and they could then speak and could hear and he could take a leprous man that had been infested by the by the disease of leprosy and their limbs be falling off and make them clean recorded in history books that this man named Jesus was on the coast one day 
I bought the two and followed him over and all, all the bellies started growing at the same time. He said, we've got to feed these men. What are we going to feed them? We ain't got enough to feed ourselves. And there was a little lad there with five loaves of bread and two fish. And the Bible said not only did the 5,000 men get fed, but the women and the children also. And there was 12 full baskets left over. My friend, there was take out. There was take a whole boxes left over. He's real. And when it comes time to die, your opinion of whether all that's true or not, it's not going to matter. You can go to Jerusalem right now to the garden tomb. And in that tomb, you'll take a look. And there's no one there. It's empty. He is risen. You can go to the Mount of Olives. You can go to the Valley of Armageddon. Did you know that valley is perfectly carved and made to its exact height? That valley where that war's going to be fought? It's the exact height of a horse's bridle. That valley will be filled with blood, completely filled, and it'll be to the horse's bridle. It'll be a, it'll be a valley of blood. What we're seeing today, what we just heard on the news today, eating lunch between church that Russia is asking for China, to help them all we're doing is paving the road for the for the battle of Armageddon that's after the rapture that's the second coming when Jesus comes back and he the Bible said he'll stick his sickle in the earth and he'll speak in the blood who's he gonna be fighting he's gonna be fighting all those who come up, come together against Israel to defy the nation of Israel to overcome them but can I say the 